You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing podcast. And now, here are your hosts, C.C. Broadus, Alan Schneider, and Brandon Jaggers. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm your host, C.C. Broadus. Joined as always as by my partners in crime, Mr. Alan Schneider. Hello, everybody. Uh, college football season is upon us too, but we'll get into that later. And Mr. Brandon Jaggers. Hey guys, how's everyone? All right, guys. I, I I hate I hate politics. I don't want to get into politics, but this uh, what happened today has affected uh, all of us in the state of Kentucky somewhat. Uh, this is from Matt Haggerty at the Daily Racing Forum. The Kentucky Supreme Court ruled unanimously on Thursday that a type of gambling device operated in the past by some tracks in the state does not fit the definition of, quote, paramutual wagering as defined by Kentucky law, a ruling that could jeopardize millions of dollars in annual revenues for the tracks and reduce purses in the state. So everybody knows these historical horse racing machines have meant the world to purses in the state. They've elevated the 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 class of racing that we wager on on the weekends. And they also supplement the state's budget. Now in a year where the budget is lacking, I think it's, it's, they had to reorganize the budget somewhat because of of the shutdowns due to COVID-19. Now the Supreme court for some reason rules on this today I don't know why they couldn't push this down the road a little bit. This this really aggravates me in a in a year when we need the money the most, and then they go and pull the plug on some of these machines they've been operating in the state. Well, you know, no duh that they're they're like slot machines, uh, and it's I don't know. I'm I'm somewhat upset by this. I think this is uh, uh, somebody's playing politics somewhere along the line. I mean, the guys that are making the decisions on this will all be over in Indiana. Uh, at, at the casino over there, investing their hard-earned money and helping the state of Indiana while we suffer over here. You know, that, that money at the tune of about $4 million a month could wow. really come in handy. Yeah, they, they, there's a lot of money goes through those machines, and it's just uh, I'm, I'm upset. Brandon, you got any opinions on this? this, this you need to talk me uh, off the ledge. Well, I, I don't know if I can because Kentucky is such a messed up state with over 118 counties. If this ever came back through the legislature, I mean, they have got to push to get this passed as either the slot machine is what it is, because they're all waiting to be converted over uh, to a full-blood uh, real slot machine, as well as just table gaming, casino gaming. It has to come back you know, in front of the Kentucky legislature, I mean, now than ever, I don't know what the drop dead dates are of these things, but I, I hope, I really hope, and I'm going to advocate for this through the representatives that I know, as well as our good governor, uh, he was for gaming. So he's got to get back to work and do the right things for the state to, to get the budgets meet, to fund these pensions. I mean, this state is a disaster, and one of your biggest economic engines, Louisville, for the state, is practically shut down from the Breonna Taylor case. So, a lot to play here in Kentucky. If Indiana can do it, we 
can do it. Uh, we just got to get together on it and not be so divided. I will tell you, just in one day, Churchill Down stock dropped 10% today based on this ruling. Uh, you know, and wow. I think there's more to come. And I'm a stakeholder in, in Churchill Downs. Luckily, I'm not. At, I don't own it at $150 a share, but I hate to see it regress. Uh, you know, the handles, the purses, all the things that go into Churchill Downs and, and racing and Kentucky Downs, Ellis as well. I mean, all these tracks depend on these overnight, you know, supplements of these casino game or, or slot machines. <clears throat> it's one of the two, and or else we're going to be back down to where almost Arlington Park purses are, or Turfway even. Turfway's got to meet. You know, you can't forget about Turfway and other places, and I, I'm just really disappointed, but it's just a stack of other disappointments that our state has just missed out on for years and years. Uh, I don't know when we'll be an economic driver. I don't think we will be ever or in the next 10 years. But if they can get this right, uh, I think we're almost there. Next would be legalizing marijuana. You know, whatever they want to say about that. I don't want to get on a tangent about that either. But, uh, you know, uh, it's just it's very disappointing. I hate to see Churchill Downs lose. But I guarantee you they're going to be advocating to get this back. Uh, more to come. Well, for years, Indiana sucked us dry as far as, uh, you know, I mean, everybody would go across the state lines and, and, and play at those casinos. And now we had a chance. We were doing the same thing to Tennessee, you know, <coughs> getting people from Nashville and uh, Clarksville. And, and then they were going to build a, a, a new track in, north of Knoxville. So that's, you know, basically we were going to do the same thing in Tennessee that Indiana was doing to us all these years. And now, you know, now the good news is I, I think you can still have instant racing historical horse racing machines, but the, the, the machines they're using that they've invested all this money in it are illegal. And uh, huh. I don't know the difference between a, a pair mutual machine and a slot machine. That's, that's for somebody else to figure out, but whatever, just let's move on. I'm, I'm near tears. Can you tell? <laughs> Same. All right. Let's talk about the Preakness. The Preakness is next Saturday. First Saturday of October. Obviously, it's a little different this year. Usually, it's two weeks after the Derby in May. Now, it's, what, four weeks now after the after the Kentucky Derby. You're going to get a, uh, what's likely to be a big field. Uh, unfortunately, one of the best three-year-olds in training, Tiz the Law, won't be there. Uh, I think the connections have decided to skip the Preakness and go straight into the Breeders' Cup Classic, which that's probably expected. Uh I heard a rumor that the horse may have been a little sore coming out of the uh, derby. I don't know that to be true. That was just a rumor. But if that's the case, the horse deserves a little a little extra time. But I'm going to read this uh, probable Preakness Stakes field off. And, guys, you can uh, you can chime in when I'm done here. The, the, the probable field is led off by Kentucky Derby winner Authentic for Bob Baffert. Uh, Bluegrass Stakes winner Art Collector for Tom Drury. Max Player for Steve Asmussen. Country Grammar, who was last seen off the board in the Traverse Stakes for Chad Brown. The evil Mr. Big News for Brett Calhoun, third place finisher in the Derby. A Thousand Words, who flipped in the paddock in uh, pre-Derby. Pneumatic, winner of the Pegasus Stakes for Steve Ashmussen. Here's a name we haven't heard in a long time, Accession. Accession was last seen in late March 
running in the Rebel Stakes, where he finished second to Nadal, Steve Asmussen, and Calumet Farm. Jesus's team, last seen in the Jim Dandy, where he finished third. Live Your Beast Life, the second-place finisher in the Jim Dandy. Those are the probables. Possible still is the Philly Swiss skydiver for McPeaks. He was last seen in finishing second to She Dares the Devil in the Kentucky Oaks. New York Traffic, who was off the board in the Derby. Mystic Guide, an up-and-comer for Mike Stidham and, and Godolphin, who last was seen winning the Jim Dandy Stakes at Saratoga. And one more on the list. You know, the one that I'm interested in the most, if he runs, is Happy Saver for Todd Pletcher. He was last seen winning the Federico Tezio Stakes at Laurel a few weeks ago. I, that's for Todd Pletcher and, and the Wertheimers. And I think that horse has a has a big chance if they decide to send him. Guys, so any early thoughts before we get into uh, really, really deep diving into the race next week? Yeah, two things real quick. Uh, you mentioned accession. Uh, I'm not really sure why that horse is in the field. That that's that's an, an unusual spot to bring this horse back in. He was wasn't he 80 to one in the Rebel and ran second. We haven't seen him since. And now you're throwing him in the Preakness seven months later. That doesn't sound like a Steve Asmussen move, but that's I found that that uh, that entry a little puzzling. But outside of that, this. Exacta is going to finish in alphabetical order, right? We're going to go art collector followed by running down authentic late. Isn't that what we see here? We're hoping for, right? Am I right? I would think the trial would have a thousand words in it. So yeah. third, because that horse was so jacked up and did bicycles and flips in the paddock and the derby and seeing that horse scratch. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that horse run again. I don't, I, I think this is pretty formful. Preakness. I think the undercard is going to be a great day. I think there's like, I think it's almost all day steak day. So I hope the weather turns out well uh, in Baltimore. You never know. I think, I think two years ago it was really rainy and nasty, but um, I, I would really like to see the undercard, but like Baffert, uh, he probably got this thing locked up and if he had a mustache, he'd be twisting it. <laughs> don't they run I the hope. dixie and, and the and the dixies run on that day right and the the is it the colonel george or not the colonel george the sprint race what's the sprint race called uh the maryland um, sprint the maryland sprint yeah there's a couple it really usually is really a good undercard on that day the dixie is no more it's been replaced by the dinner party stakes well, that dixie sounds better <laughs> so uh <laughs> now, I hope I hope they they're going to run an Arabian race on that card, and and the the way the article was worded, it was going to be the race before the Preakness. And I hope that is. Uh, now I know they used to run this race at Churchill, and I know you were a big fan of the race, Alan. Uh, I know no, you look forward to it, and and you're a big Arabian race follower. But uh, yeah, if they if they if they run this race prior to the like the race before the Preakness, it's going to ruin that card. Uh, that's that's a fun wager. It's a pick four and a pick five going into the Preakness. And that would uh that would be unfortunate to say the least. Yeah, I I'm with you. I think uh I think early on, I think this draw this Preakness draw could be very interesting. I think Art Collector wants to be inside of Authentic. Yeah. Maybe. Or well I don't know. Maybe 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 they want to be on the outside of Authentic. Maybe can force his hand early and just and lay off of authentic. That, that's that's going to be the that could be the key to what I want to do here. Uh, I think you need to watch horses like Pneumatic and Happy Saver, but we'll get into that next week 
Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week. It's gonna be a busy week because we've got uh, Keeneland opening that same weekend, and I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be have to have to be near an ATM because uh, <laughs> that's a that's a good weekend for me. Oh, uh, Keeneland opening weekend. Let's uh, let's talk about the Breeders' Cup, which will be also be held at Keeneland. Uh, this weekend is a uh, is a key weekend for, as far as Breeders' Cup prep. Santa Anita's got a huge card. And looking very much forward to that. That'll that'll take place uh, mid afternoon to late in the evening. And they've got uh, five graded stakes. Three of them are grade ones. Just want to go over them real quick. Uh, the third race is going to feature a, a really nice filly named Princess Noor. This is the grade two chandelier stakes. Back in the old days, this used to be called the oak leaf stakes. Still hard for me to call it the chandelier. I think that's named after a restaurant inside Santa Anita somewhere. But Princess Noor is two to five. You get a chance, go and watch her last win in the Del Mar debutante where she just dominated an overmatched field. This is Philly by Not This Time. Not This Time was trained by, by Dale Romans, and he finished second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile a few years ago. Uh, this Philly cost $1.35 million at auction earlier in the year at Ocala. And she races for Bob Baffert. She's like I said, she's two to five. She lays over this field, but this this filly should win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile fillies. I think she's that good. Uh, she just she's just a natural talent. Um, let's go to race seven. This is the Rodeo Drive uh, Stakes. Usually a race that doesn't have much impact on on Breeders' Cup implications. Uh, led off by the, the six-horse Lady Prance a lot for Richard Baltus. I think probably she's among the second tier of, uh, of fillies and mares on the grass. Uh, the eighth race is the American Pharaoh. It's a good race, uh, a field of eight. Uh, a lot more competitive than the, uh, the filly counterpart to this race. Uh, a lot of the eyes will be on the five-horse Spielberg for Baffert. This is a million-dollar son of Union Rags. And this horse is still a maiden. But in his last start, he was just beating uh, Lincoln three-quarters in the Del Mar Futurity, which is a grade one. So uh, it should be a fun race to watch. I think all eyes will be on race 10, though. That's the awesome again stakes. This is basically the, the big West Coast prep for the uh, Breeders' Cup Classic. And this will feature a matchup between improbable and last year's disqualified Kentucky Derby winner maximum security I'm kind of surprised that Baffert decided to run these two against each other okay. uh, guys uh, if you had a choice you know between maximum security and improbable where do you go Ooh, uh, man uh, I, it's tough uh, at this point maybe I would take improbable which I can't believe I'm saying that uh, I think one's going to be four to five. The other's going to be even money. It's a matter of which one which is going to be which. Um, I might take a problem with uh, Drayton Van Dyke and uh, the foreman going at the distance of a mile and an eighth. I kind of think a problem that might hit him between the eyes these days. I I guess I'd take a problem. I'm leaning the same way, but it's it's almost like a coin flip. But, I I, I mean, does Max have more in the tank? You know, if if he can come out and show it, then he's going to be a tough – tough breeders cup entry uh and it'd be a lot a lot of fun to see the classic but uh improbable just ran pretty pretty lights out right at travers or not travers day but uh whitney 
Yeah, Whitney. Whitney. Yeah, and I was like, pretty pretty shocked. So if if if, if he can you know, rebound off of that. And I mean, shipping back to where, you know, he obviously barn, you know, with Baffert and everybody, uh, I, I think it leans to him. Yeah, you get Luis Saez back on maximum security for the first time. So uh, that'll be interesting to interesting. see as well. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like just like a, like an NCAA tournament kind of proposition. I think the winner might go on to the classic and, and the loser might go to the, uh, to the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, you know, it's just, yeah. uh, uh, but I, yeah, both are proven in a mile and a quarter. I'm just, I'm kind of surprised that Baffert decided to run them against each other, but you know, there's still time to scratch one of them, I guess, but, uh, it should be an interesting race to say the least. Uh, let's go to Belmont. Uh, Belmont's got the, the Vosburg stakes on Saturday. It's grade two. Now it used to be a grade one at six furlongs. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the best sprinters to ever, uh, Look through a bridle of, of running this race over the years. I think going back to Groovy and and I think Gulch won this year one year. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the this race was marred a little bit by the retirement of of Steve Asmussen's Volatile, who was probably the pro tem leader of the division up until his injury, and now he'll be retired and and go to stud. Uh, so now Asmussen has another horse is installed as a favorite and that's engage and and uh here in kentucky we we know that engage won the phoenix stakes over whitmore last october at keeneland uh before finishing fourth in the breeders cup sprint uh frenzy fires in here funny guy it's 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 kind of a watered down edition of the race uh, guys you got any uh opinions on on the vosberg yeah. i don't blame you if you don't Oh, I do a little bit. Uh, I, again, like you said, it's a watered-down version, and it's a big drop-off from volatile to engage, and quite frankly, for Steve Asmus, I'm sure he'd probably tell you the same thing. Uh, the horse has not raced this year, and they put him as a two-to-one favorite. I, I think I'll go against that. I'm, I'm going to lean to Funny Guy. I like I, I like the last race Funny Guy ran, because that was a uh, – that, that track got just washed out three or four minutes for that race. It was unbelievable how much rain came down when uh win 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 run the big race in the four go. Uh win 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 past the top two in that race. Uh complexity and true timber. They went one two around the track. Funny guy was able to uh, make up some ground in that race when not many horses did. Had a little traffic trouble. Rosario picks him over his uh the other Terra Nova horse. I kinda think this horse can be a, a factor from the get go. I'll I'll take funny guy here. Okay. Yeah. I've got Go no ahead, opinion. Man. No business. <laughs> no business. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's look at uh, Remington Park. Uh, their big day is on Sunday, and that features the Oklahoma Derby, a $200,000 stakes race, grade three, mile and eighth on the dirt. And this features the return of Brandon's favorite horse, Shared Sense, for Brad Cox and Godolphin. Uh, he was last seen after a pretty bad trip in the Ellis Park Derby, finished fifth by an art collector. Prior to that, he won the Indiana Derby over Major Fed back in early July. Now he'll show up here in Oklahoma as the favorite, 5-2 to two on the morning line. He'll have to face horses like Dean Martini and horses like Rowdy Yates. Feels like he should be able to handle this bunch. Uh, there is an interesting horse from Florida here, number 7, Avant Guard, 6-1 to one on the morning line for Jesus Lander. This horse was claimed for ten thousand dollars in June. That's been a that was a theme on last year's Kentucky Derby Trail. Uh, he finished second that day. Since then, he's reeled off four straight victories 
and he's done so impressively. Won his last an optional claimer by four and a half lengths. He's he's done it in uh, with with uh, elevated speed figures each time. I think this horse might be he might be okay. He might be the next maximum security uh, for all we know. But uh, <laughs> to me, it looks like uh, a shared sense. You guys have got any opinion on the Oklahoma Derby? Yeah, I'm with John. I shared sense. I think this is the right spot for this horse. I wanted to use him as a sleeper in the Derby but I completely understand them backing off and giving him a little break. I think the horse did need a bit of a freshening. If he runs back to that Indiana Derby race, I think uh, the race at Remington Park hits him between the eyes. I like Sherrod Sensor, and I'm kind of pulling for the horse, too. So I think it's a perfect fit. I totally agree. Sherrod Sensor the win. Brandon, did you even look at the race? Nope, I didn't. (laughs) Honesty is the best policy on the auxiliary podcast. I'm looking at Churchill. Well, let's let's talk about Churchill, as a matter of fact. Uh, this is the closing weekend for Churchill until the fall meet starts, and that's uh, that's going to be a mumbo-jumbo kind of deal because I think Keeneland closes, Churchill opens, then Keeneland opens back up for Breeders' Cup, and then we go back to Churchill. That's kind of the year it's been, though. Uh, Saturday's cards, 10 races, highlighted by... Race nine, the grade three ACAC, which drew a really, really nice field of 13 runners. I hope they all go because that'll be fun. And it's going to be fun to handicap. Uh, guys, uh, where do you want to start here? Uh, Alan, we'll, well, any, if you uh, if you like something here, just just yell it out. We don't have anything planned out. Just uh, tell me where you want to start. Uh, we can try that late pick four, I, I suppose. I, I think uh, the late pick four is probably the best sequence of races on the card unless someone has a stronger opinion but we can start in race seven if you like well yeah, yeah that's fine I, I i would like to start with never mind i was, I was gonna I'm, I'm confused i'm on uh race seven at churchill yeah let's talk about race seven sorry guys yeah uh so this is a maiden special weight for older horses it's seven furlongs on the dirt and uh the Morning line favorite is there was co morning line favorites here. The yeah. seventh Imperador for Chad Brown, a first time starter by Curlin that cost a million dollars almost three years ago as a weanling. And the nine horse, another son of Curlin, that's Idol, who ran on Derby Day and finished second in his first career start for Richie Baltus. So, uh, where are we, guys? You want to go ahead, Brandon? Well, you know, definitely idle on the outside, but what I've noticed on these seven furlongs, you know, they're coming out of the chute. Uh, I, I, it's it's kind of hard to be that far outside, especially this week for whatever reason. Do I think the horse has got what it takes and wants to stretch out from the last time when it was seen? Yeah, I think so. It'll, it should clear pretty easily. Those last couple of works, uh, well, that one in September still shows great form of this horse, and Curlin, you know, can run long. Uh, I've, you know, I've looked at a couple different horses in here. I mean, this Emperor, Emperor how do you say it? The half, it's a half Imperador. Yeah. yeah, Imperador. I mean, a million-dollar Curlin purchase. Wow. I mean, just huge there. Uh, with Chad, that horse – I think it's going to be slow, though. I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to come off the pace if it can close. I, I, I think first timers. I always like to see six furlongs, not seven. Uh, and then 
you know, I always look at my coxie. So uh, the sound, what? I think, could be <laughs> Brad, Brad Cox. And oh, so, okay, oh, oh, my bad. Go ahead. Um, you know, that, that horse as well. Uh, number six, the sound looks great. Uh, I mean, the sequence is going to be pretty tough. Even the race before is another maiden special weight going seven. Um, uh, is it for two-year-olds or three? Yeah, three-year-old. So, uh, you know, it's wild that some of these three-year-olds hadn't even started yet, but then a lot they've got a lot of experience. So uh, just the sequence is going to be pretty tough. Um, I will say that in race six, though, fastly, the Brett Calhoun bunch has been running really well and training well. So definitely give that horse a look. Uh, but th- that's kind of my opinion in, in, in race uh, six and seven. But then you got the Woodbine shipper, too hot. I mean, what are you going to do here? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, in this race, you've got a lot of well bred horses. And like I mentioned a moment ago, the Chad Brown horse, Emperor, is, is a half of violence, the million dollar curling baby. Uh, the horse, that horse definitely figures at seven furlongs. This is, this is the type of race where I don't know who's going to win. So the way I'm going to attack the race as idle figures, Emperor figures, the, the turn again tied for Brad Cox and Florent Giroux figures quite a bit. But the other big time into mischief first timer, I don't know which one of those three is going to win. I'd probably play them all, take them all on top and maybe use lucky asset as a bit of a Shiloh, as we like to say, the underneath horse. Uh, turning back from a couple of mile and eighth races at Saratoga and cutting back seven furlongs. I think this horse has always had talent. Oh, a CC is like him in the past. And in a note, his trainer recently passed away, Brian House, uh, which is unfortunate. And he goes into the barn of Pavel Mateshka. So I expect that horse to run well as um, some of these first timers, you don't know what they're going to do. So I'll take a little different look at this race and, and take the three horses that figure in the morning line as a morning line favorites and play lucky asset underneath it, second and third. Yeah, I'm singling idle here. I think this horse is oh. a, yeah, this horse has a has a look of a horse that it, that should be I wouldn't say special, but has a has a bright future for sure. He, this horse did everything wrong in his Derby Day debut. He broke slowly. Uh, he was at the back of the pack. I don't think that's necessarily where you wanted to be uh, on Derby You're right. Day. Or, You're right. Uh the horse was bet, so they know this horse has some talent. I mean, this is one of those – he was 6-5 to five on Derby Day. So, you know, they, they know this horse is okay. And he just – he was green. He, he he should enjoy the stretch out. He's, you know, he's the son of Curlin, an AP Indy mare. So, I think I think this horse is ready to move forward. He's going to be my single. And I'm going to fade the seven horse in Parador for Chad Brown. I just can't imagine that Chad Brown would, would ship a horse here that – they spent a million dollars on for his first start. That tells me that they, they maybe, maybe don't like him that much. Otherwise he'd be at Belmont with the first string. And if I'm playing some type of exotics, I would use the two horse lucky asset underneath. Like you said, he's turning back. He's, he ran two straight times at Saratoga going two turns a mile and eight. Those are grueling races. He should be fit as yeah. a fiddle for this. I think he'll come running late. He might threaten, my pick idle late. I'm going to play an exacta nine two with a little bit of two nine to back it up. But idle will be my primary single in the late pick four. Let's go to race eight. So one mile allowance optional claimer fillies and mares, which have never won 10,000 three times other than maiden claiming starter. This is a good field of older fillies and mares. Looks like the favorite will be the entry, the Stone Street Farm 
entry of the one gold standard who returns to the races after finishing off the board in the Bayacoa Stakes. Last year, she was stakes placed at Aqueduct in Remington. And the 1A talk vuve to me. I don't know what that means, but uh, this filly's been a fixture on the circuit the last couple of years. Uh, she's not raced well in her last two starts. She returns for Steve Asmussen, though. And we'll see what she's made of. Guys, uh, Brandon, let's start with you. Where are you in race eight? You know, we followed this new route a couple times, you know, through Ellis Park and and watching this horse, you know, take a step up, especially last time out. I think this horse could definitely be played again. Uh, so I'm going to cover Nuru in a pick four for sure. Uh, you know, the rest of them, I, I don't know that much. Talk vivid to me. You know, like you said, it's been uh, a Churchill staple horse. Just the last two efforts just doesn't seem, but I do like the layoff and the comeback. So uh, if you look at the, the September run, I mean, wow, that bullet in uh, September 6th is really strong. So uh, I'm kind of all over the board here. But those are the two horses that I've that I've definitely noticed here. But I, it's pretty wide open. I mean, you can even take the two, Cineas, uh, you know, coming uh, be a shipper. But but uh, uh, just I'm all over the board. Alan, uh, what do you think about uh, a filly like uh, Joy Epifora, the three? This is an Argentine filly. Uh, last she's been at Saratoga this summer and uh, probably faced tougher. Uh, she raced against Indian Pride and Blaine in a, in a minor stakes at Saratoga. Now she shows up here. What what, what about a filly like that? Oh, I, I, that would be my second choice. That was, that was my tepid first choice, so I really sold myself on Brandon's Nuru. I, I like Nuru in this spot. Uh, Joey Pafora, though, I know you've been high on the horse in the past. Uh, Rance was kind of touted coming into the States in that June race at Churchill and ran well. But now it looks better than it actually did that second place finish because she ran into a um, rapidly improving Lady Kate who's starting to figure things out, who came back and ran the big second of Monomoy girl on Oaks Day. So you've, you've got to like that race at the, at the one-turn mile. And she followed up at um, at Belmont, at Saratoga, I should say, with a better-than-it-looks fourth-place finish against the likes of Indian Pride and Blaine. Uh, this, uh, the turf race tossed that back to the one-turn mile here. Or the, or the seven, I was at seven furlongs. No, one-turn mile. I think this horse figures quite a bit. I'm still going to lean Nuru on top because the, the light has went on for this horse on the dirt this year for Tom Drury. Um, has run the two fastest races for a career. I love how in the last race her uh, mid-pace figure of 103 is really fast. And she chased the aforementioned Lady Kate, but she ne- she did not give up second place. She wouldn't give up second. So despite that really fast uh, middle move, middle splits, she still held second. So I'm a I'm gonna take Nuru here, but I'm like like you said, uh, Joy before has a big tam- big time shot. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think Nuru is the best uh, filly in here. Looks like she's come to hand for for the jury barn and uh, colby hernandez and i really really appreciate that win on july 24th because i had the uh, pick four that day yes uh that 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 helps me cheer for a horse uh next time out i think you got to keep an eye on the one the straight one gold standard yes, this philly i thought she was going to win the alabama stakes last, or i thought they would run her in the alabama stakes last summer after a nine length victory uh in allowance competition they, they ran her one more time at ellis and then 
shipped her to Remington to run in the Remington Park Oaks and, and was nearly defeated by uh, Lady Apple there. Uh, you know, this is her first start since February. Obviously, something happened to her after that poor race in the Bayacoa Stakes. I think she's got a shot here. I wish she was uncoupled with Talk Vuv to me because I don't like her at all. Yeah. Although you can't you can't deny those workouts, uh, uh, you know, the 58 and 3, and, and you know, maybe she, she returns to form. Obviously, they, they like her a little bit or they wouldn't keep her in training. They'd, they'd send her to the breeding shed. Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, New Roo's an A, Gold Standard's an A. And, you know, there's a few B's in here that I think, you know, that you could consider, like like the two, Sinus and Joy Epiphora, Take Charge Angel, maybe, if she wakes up. And uh, those, those those three underneath, uh, Chocolate Kisses is another one that uh, I, I don't know what to do with her. She's, if they go too fast early, maybe she can pick them up late. But, uh, you know, I would, I would mention her as a B horse here. Uh, let's go to the feature on the car, the Race 9 Akak stakes it's a hundred thousand dollar stakes grade three going the one turn mile at churchill this is a hundred thousand dollar stakes race and it is the favorite here is number one warriors charge from the brad cox barn this is a top stakes horse uh, he, he carries his racetrack everywhere last seen in the philip island stakes where he was put up on disqualification one of the worst calls you'll ever see uh when he uh he was put up over pirates yeah. punch right, uh, if you yeah. saw that 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 horse was robbed it was robbed that you know the good news is pirates punch did come back to win another stakes race uh later on uh so you know but warriors charge is top class uh he's, he's running the metropolitan mile finished second in the oakland handicap to to buy my standards uh, he won the razorback earlier in the year this horse is is top class i think the issue is the one turn mile that may not be his his best uh best distance uh but uh what what do we do here do we try to beat him well you know what this this race is like they they drew it for me because some of my favorite horses and trainers are in this spot uh as you know home base is there with mike tomlinson on the outside going to one turn mile you've got uh thirst for life and wesley holly in here and uh, the uh, Alcatan for Dan Pites. The CC knows those are my horses. Those are my guys. That said, they, they got to do some running to beat Warriors charging this spot. Uh, I'll use a bunch of those long shots in a pick four to try to hopefully break the bank, but I think Warriors charge lays over the field class-wise. Uh, I do give home base and Alcatan chances in this spot because I'm you know, home base is a one-turn horse, and – uh, the last the last race on Derby Day, he gave kind of a, and uh, he got trapped. He was on the rail, so give him a little look on the outside. But give another look to Everfast in this race too. I like Everfast in here, so uh, I do think Warriors Charge is the one to beat. I think Everfast is your B, and, and I'm always going to use Home Base and Alcatam. So, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon is gone. Brandon has left the building. Brandon has left the building okay well we'll effort we'll get our crack staff to uh try to get brandon back on with us i'm going to talk about the akak stakes i'm like you i think warriors charge is going to to be really tough to overhaul the only issue i guess is if they go too fast and i'm not yeah. sure anybody really really wants to go with him maybe american yeah. anthem could go with him early uh pioneer spirit probably doesn't want to go with him 
it's you know it's it's probably his race to lose and i i cannot if if florent sends him to the front you know maybe he uh he just goes wire to wire here now i'm going to single early in early on i may play two tickets here and just uh single warriors charge on the other and hopefully i'll hit it twice if i if if i do that the other horses i'll probably use you know horses like mr money who's looked awful since uh <laughs> since returning but you know they keep they press on with him he's three out of five at churchill maybe uh maybe he's uh maybe maybe they like him for some reason uh, i think Eben is coming around I, I hate that morning line price of five to one on him i do too He's won his last three starts. I mean, you can't deny that, and he's gotten better in every one of them. I really like that last effort going this going this one turn mile, and he he, he ran it in one thirty four flat. So you, I think his horse is probably uh, in peak form. Yep. Uh, horses like Home Base, I you know that's that's the type of horse. I don't know if he fits here going a mile. I don't I don't recall him going a mile since maybe his three year old year. He ran the Prince of Wales Stakes. I know as a three year old. Oh, but he's he's better at one turn, and like you said, number thirteen ever fast. I think uh, rates a shot here. Uh, he he was second to Owendale back on opening was it opening weekend or the second second weekend in the Blame Stakes. Yeah. Ran a ran a big big race that day. Uh, for some reason, they ran him on the turf at Keeneland, which was not a good idea. He came back to win a uh, uh, entry level allowance at Saratoga. And then he was part of that slop fest at Saratoga in the forego. Uh, I think uh, I think his horse has a shot here, and ten to one is way too high. And I think he'll come down off that price. Brandon, are you there? Yeah, I got. Uh, I had a little interruption with the emergency uh, curfew. Text, yeah, I, saw the, so I got the same thing. <laughs> I had to pop out, but yeah, Warriors Charge definitely tough to beat on paper. Placement of this horse has been his here to win. It's not even that big of a purse, but you know I love American Anthem in this spot as well. Shipping out of Kentucky Downs, it just wasn't for him. Uh, so I, I think if you go back to the Belmont last start, I mean I think this this horse got a real big shot. American Anthem to come in. I love Alcatan here. Evan is Amen. one of my just local favorites. I mean Alcatan. I mean it it really could do a great job. Because the early speed figures factors with most of these. So, uh, you know, look for a shot there. That's a great shot. Yeah, you uh, better, Alcatan better be on your tickets, folks. I, I, there's a there's a bullet out of a fast of 112 down there prepping for this race. This horse, the light went on for this horse last year. He better be, this horse better be on your ticket somewhere. You're right, Brandon. Yeah, an early speed cut back. I mean, to ask to go to Stephen Foster, that's a tough race, extremely tough. So just throw that out. Wasn't the right spot. You know, Alcatan can run with the likes of the Eben because if you're coming out of the same type of race. Uh, Evans, is he cutting back a little bit? Where did he go? Uh, he ran a flat mile in his last two starts. Yeah, all right. So, I mean, he was all out. That horse gave all out for a flat mile. And if you cut back Alcatan, I think that horse is going to really come out. So, uh, th this is probably the best race in the card for sure. I know it's the grade three uh ack ack but i mean this is the this is the race i'm looking to see all day yeah so Agreed. i think i think the first three legs of this pick four are pretty manageable and then they throw in this stupid maiden special weight at the end phillies and mares mile and eighth on the grass 
and it features a bunch well not a bunch but the the, the favorites would be horses that just can't win and well in in that case generally you try to find an up-and-comer that's ready to move forward in this spot i can't find anything outside of the you know the the three the three favorites i mean so you know the the favorite here is going to be the morning line favorite is the four horse long pants required is the daughter of new year's day for the brendan walsh barn who's had a really rough two weeks here over 15 but tyler gaffleon takes them out she is turning back in distance ran a really really nice second at uh, kentucky downs going a mile and five sixteenths uh that usually legs a horse up for these types of races uh first of all before we before we dive into this race uh i noticed the the turf course was rated good today have you all had rain in little while we haven't had no any. Uh, My i had a little bit rock. last night and it looks soft it looks yeah. soft today i saw some races and yeah, the, the, the lone turf race I saw today was, was basically dominated by a front runner. And, uh, but it looked like there was a lot of give in the ground. So that, that was interesting. I, and I don't know, I, I don't know the weather in Louisville right now, but here I'm, I'm 40 miles South and it, there's, there is no rain. So I don't, I don't know maybe they watered it too much or something like that. But, uh, uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about this 10th race, uh, Brandon, uh, what, What's your strategy here? How do, how do you cap off the late pick four? Ugh, I mean, I don't know where to go here. I'd love for Michelle to win one. Uh, she had a, a runner today that that took off the pace, one of our guest uh, speakers of last week, uh, Michelle Lovell. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see her get in the money here. The horse is stretching out. They're sprinting, sprinting, sprinting five times in a row. But she's been – putting some condition in this horse, but you really haven't seen, I mean, the last work was in July. So I don't, I don't know, you know, where they're going to go with this horse. Uh, but maybe that's a fun play. I, I couldn't tell you. It almost feels like one of these days where John Court wins the last race. He only had <laughs> one man on the day. So Tiz Penny might, might be something. I don't like Brennan's horse in here at all. Uh, I've never heard of the, Couple jo- or the couple trainers, John Hill, or really Paul McAtee, uh, the one and two horse, go tweet, and then Zawadi. So, uh, guys, I need help. Well, I'll tell you how I, I know what CC refers to. He's mentioned this in the past the older turf route maiden races at church will have a tendency to be kind of uh so i think this is one of these examples he's talked about in the past that's the way i would approach this race i believe we have a, a nine horse race here and i see three options i'll use three horses i'll use long pants required even though i think the horse is not that much uh the light has kind of went on for him recently he's getting uh she's getting slightly better slightly better and you do have to like that last race, Kentucky Downs, where she surged from 10th to 2nd halfway through the race and stayed 2nd the whole way. I like that. That shows a, uh, the horse is moving forward. Uh, our good buddy, Michelle Lavelle, uh, Michelle Lovell, who uh, <laughs> this horse might be the most talented. Salem Ellen's probably the most talented horse in the field, but going 5.5 to mile and 8, that sounds like a, that sounds like a, a, a rough trip, but it could be speed class could carry her whole way so i'll use both those horses one because long pants required might be in great form sale on ellen might be the speed in class and i would also use leah chase um 
because that horse passed seven horses at in her last start and ran the last uh, quarter in under 23 seconds. So that horse may be on the upswing, even though the numbers are low. So give me those three horses to close out a pick four. Long pants required, sail on Ellen, and Leah Chase. I'm surprised you didn't mention the seven horse Tanzerman for Ian Wilkes. I, this, is a, this is an interesting filly. She's a three-year-old filly by, I'm going to attempt to say this, Quin, Quinzium Monarch or Monarche. Okay. okay. This is a, that's a son of Rock Hard 10. That horse ran fourth in the Remsen and fourth in the Pilgrim. And then they shipped him to Germany and he ran fourth in a grade one there. And they've bred her, bred him to this mare by uh, Akatanango, who I know is a German influence, a German uh, stamina influence <coughs> in um, in Germany there. And then you know this is this is not the worst pedigree in the world. It's interesting though. This horse came from Los Alamitos, and he's only she's only had one work here for Wilkes. I, I think this horse might be worth an in inclusion in your late pick four. Getting back to the to the way the turf course was today. If uh, Sail on Ellen, the eight horse for for Michelle, if she she should be the pace setter. Yeah. Uh, if if you know if turf course favors front runners, I think that's your one. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on early in the day. I would also maybe take a look at the three Philly Demora for yep. Luis Gerardo. This this guy every once in a while he'll pull a shocker. Uh, you know. She gets a leg up from uh, Kentucky Downs. She comes out of that same race that Long Pants Required was in. Uh, you know, like I said, I don't like these fillies at all. I like, of course, I'm always going to cheer for Michelle. So, you know, that that would be the one I would favor the most. And, the, you know, like like Alan, you said, the Long, long Pants Required probably, probably is the one. Uh, and then Fashion Mo, I'm not, I'm not nuts about. I don't have to have her. Uh, if you want to sew up the race, you would probably use her. Uh, but, uh, you know, for me, it's sail on Ellen. So, uh, guys, anything else you want to add to the to the uh, closing Saturday card at Churchill? Uh, no, I think we covered it there, unless there's something you guys like. Uh, we're, we got Keeneland coming next week. We got the Preakness coming next week. Uh, things start to kick into high gear in October around here. Uh, if you can even, like, if you can remember which track is running next, which has probably been the hardest part of this racing season for me personally, it's like, which which track is coming up that's with the calendar all skewed? But uh, we do know Keeneland and the Preakness are coming next week. Yeah, I'm sick of people saying, you know, hey, got to build up your bankroll for Keeneland next week. Got to hit some <laughs> hit some good ones. How about we just, like, save our money this weekend and not and just, uh, just maybe yeah. uh, save what spot, we got. Yeah, maybe earn another play. paycheck. <laughs> spot play yeah. exactly there's nothing wrong with spot playing yeah I some of us don't have the luxury of building up our bankroll you know some of us <laughs> suck at gambling you know yeah oh you being too hard on yourself yeah wait until uh race six at churchill downs even turn on the tv i would you agree know, with that brandon i, I agree with you yeah i don't see much yeah. on the early side i mean there might be some spot but Ugh, not I'm really. not a I'm not a five and six horse field kind of guy. And when Churchill is struggling for entries, nothing against him. I love that place. When Churchill is struggling for entries, the first four and five races are always 
six and seven horse field. So that's when you kind of get some chores done, get some things knocked out and get you a couple beers for the back half of the car. And that's the way I would approach this. Yep. I agree. Okay. So, uh, stay tuned. Uh, we'll have, uh, hopefully have a, a two or three podcasts leading into Keeneland and Preakness day. Uh, so, uh, you know, keep an eye on that Twitter feed or your, or your podcast feed and, and whatnot. And we'll try to try to entertain you best we can. Uh, that's all I've got for now. We thank you for listening as always, and, and hope you stay tuned in the future. So on behalf of Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers, this is CC Broadus signing off from our luxurious studios in beautiful Bardstown, Kentucky. Everybody have a great night. And remember that gambling money don't have no home. <laughs>